Great. Well, hello, everyone. Um, I think most of you know me, or at least know of me. Um, if not, my name's Jonathan. Um, I'm one of the ordinands here, and I'm based over at Ridley. Um, and at the risk of sounding like a massive hypocrite, I'm a great person to be speaking to you about humility. Um, the reason isn't, unfortunately, because I'm some kind of incredibly humble guy. Uh, not at all. Um, but the reason is actually that I have really struggled with pride in my life. Um, and I want to start by sharing just a small bit of, of that struggle with you, hopefully because it might be like a reference point for some people who may also be experiencing the same struggle. And as I do so, it'd be great if you could pass some, some Bibles around. If you can see any Bibles near you, just grab some and pass them around because we'll be using them a little bit later. Um, so a little bit of my story of pride is um, I went on a, a course many, well, several years ago now, which was called Living Free, um, and it's, it's kind of a, a prophetic ministry course uh, designed to help us walk in freedom, um, and it emerged on this course that actually one of my spiritual strongholds that was holding me back from walking in my freedom in Jesus was actually pride. Um, for me... Uh, that pride was particularly in academic work and in, in doing well at school and at university. Um, but it was deeper than that. It was rooted in uh, a kind of sense of my own capacity to perform, also a need to meet people's expectations, whether they were real or imagined. Um, and what I found, and, and you may have found as well, is that if you live in that place for very long, you end up developing um, a sense of needing to earn God's favor, of basically having to be good enough for God's love. And on this course, what was really great was I had the joy of, of having, uh, there's a team there that pray for you, so there was a, a fairly intense time of, of ministry where actually able, I was able to confess um, that I was struggling with this and actually repent of it. And, and I tell you that I, I fully believe um, that in that moment, the power of pride was utterly broken in my life forever by the grace of Jesus, um, which is not to say that I no longer struggle with it that I'm immune from pride, not at all. Like There are many occasions where um, I have to say to myself, Jonathan, why did you say that thing? Or why did you do that? But those are like the localized issues that, that the power of pride has been broken in me. I really believe that, and, and I'm so grateful of it. Um, and um, it's produced a lot of fruit in my life, which I want to share, not because, oh, that's great, wonderful, but because actually it's just to show what God does in that moment. So for me, um, that moment of repenting of pride and having it broken in my life was like jet fuel in my relationship with God. Suddenly that yearning to be closer to God was actually a reality for me. Um, it was also a start of a, a journey into spiritual gifts, um, prophetic stuff that actually I'm still really going on, but it started in that moment. Um, more importantly than that, I think, it was actually the start of a growth in my sense of purpose in life and ultimately my call to, to serve the church in ministry, which is, is why I'm here tonight. Um, but most importantly of all, um, it gave me a revelation, and that revelation was of my identity. It's that I am loved. I am so, so loved by my Father in heaven. I'm a child of God. I'm valued and treasured, perfect, before I ever have to do anything. That was the revelation it brought. And that's the same for you. I can promise you, everybody here tonight. 
But I think the key question in that story is, um, why did humility, or rather the breaking of pride, actually produce such fruit? And I think the answer for that lies in what pride and humility actually are. Um, so I want us to talk about that. If you can get into twos and threes in the discussion groups you may be in, um, I want you to just take a minute and answer, what is pride? Okay? Go for it. Okay, brilliant. Let's, let's call that to a close. Sorry to... I'm sure you've got many complex definitions you want to give, but let's, let's just have a couple. Is anyone brave enough to volunteer what they think a good definition of pride might be? Any thoughts? Making yourself the most important thing? Yeah, absolutely, that's a good one. Yeah, uh, anything else? Refusing to admit you have a need? Yeah, great. Yeah, really, really true. Uh, maybe one more. Yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah, that's, that's some, some great thoughts right there. Um, wonderful. Uh, let's talk about humility. So do exactly the same thing, but this time, what is humility? Okay, brilliant. Let's, let's call that to a close again. Um, who wants to go first? What do you think humility is? Willingness to be known for who I really am. So kind of like the vulnerability and in the authenticity that Elaine was talking about. Yeah, nice. Yeah, go on. Being genuinely authentic, yeah, great, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's really, really wonderful. Thank you for those. Um, uh, in the Bible, it's really interesting. If you, if you look at the New Testament, it basically seems to set up pride and humility as opposites. So, in other words, every time that you see it talking about pride, it usually has something to say about humility as well, and, and vice versa. Um, so I'd like to look at a few passages together. Um, I'd like actually people to read them out, so maybe we could get the, uh, the mic going around if that's okay. So the first one, if you could look this up in the Bibles that you pass around, is 1 Peter 5, verses 5 to 7. So if you could turn there for me. 1 Peter 5, 5 to 7. Anyone got it? Fancy reading it out? Great. At the back. Um, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. (laughs) All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another, because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. A little bit more? Till verse 7? My Bible was only showing me one verse. Uh, Humble yourselves, therefore under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time, cast all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, we didn't want to miss that bit. That's a good bit. So, what's really interesting is that in this passage from 1 Peter, pride and humility are both magnets. Pride attracts God's opposition, but humility attracts his grace. And the wonderful thing about that grace is that we are exalted, actually. We're lifted up. Everything that pride strives for, that lifting up of the self, is actually achieved in God's own power at his own time without us having to do anything. So pride attracts God's opposition. Humility attracts his grace. Um, The second passage, if you could turn with me to Philippians 2, verses 5 to 11. And same again, we'll get somebody to read that out if you would. That's Philippians 2, 5 to 11. Stick your hand up when you got it, and you're happy to read. James? Had it. 
Um, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God the Father. Mm. Yeah, it's great. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, so interestingly, in my translation, it talks about pride grasping after parity with God, grasping after an equality with God. Um, and actually, that word in Greek is arpagme, which means literally to extort or steal. So pride is theft. Pride is trying to steal from God something that is his gift to give. But humility is Jesus. Humility is a force that can actually shape us to be like Jesus. And then the last passage that I'd like us to turn to is James 3, 13 to 16. Same drill, stick your hand up when you got it, if you're happy to read. James 3, 13 to 16. Niall's got his hand up. Mm. (laughs) It doesn't have to be quite so close to my face, James. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) Niall. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Yeah, brilliant. So typically, as usual, James is pretty uncompromising, isn't he, in what he says. Um, Humility is a sign of wisdom, a showcase for the goodness God produces in us. Um, in James's argument, it's, uh, it goes hand in hand, really, with the good deeds that are a sign of God's salvation working in us. Um, but pride, on the other hand, is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Um, notice that in all of these three passages, pride is basically a force. Pride is something that pulls us away from God. It's something that actually leads us into God's disfavor, into evil, demonic, and wicked practice. So it's no wonder that we heard in 1 Peter that God opposes the proud, right? If that's the nature of the life that they're living. But humility makes us much more like Jesus. It leads us into right relationship with God. And and the paradox here is that actually it produces that exaltation, that lifting up that we're so longing for. We can try and steal that ourselves, or we can be humble, and we can trust that at the right time, God will do that himself by his power, not through our own. We don't win glory in our own eyes, but in his. And that's the only glory which lasts, endures, and frankly means anything. 
But most importantly, it also glorifies the name of Jesus. It means that Jesus' name is in bigger, brighter lights than our own. So therefore, if you want to know God, if you want to glorify him, you need to be humble. It's not an option. It's not a maybe. You must be humble if you want to know God. And I think what we learn from these passages about humility and pride can be um, summed up like this. Pride puts barriers in between us and God. So if I were to take this, uh, bottle of wine, imagine that God is the bottle. The wine is uh, the spirit of life, the spirit of goodness, of every good thing that God has for us. And we are like this glass. But pride, pride is like this bottle cap, or if it was slightly better wine, it would be a cork. It actually gets in the way. So that as God pours, nothing comes out. We're not free to receive in freedom that spirit of life and goodness that produces such fruit in us. But humility, humility takes the top off. Humility reduces every barrier, it brings it all crashing down. So that when God pours his spirit, we are free to receive and be filled up right to the top. So that we can live lives of power by the Holy Spirit. I won't drink that yet. So that's why I believe that in my life, the breaking of pride produced so much fruit. More importantly, I believe that that is the same for every single person here today. That if you struggle with or have struggled with pride, that you can be utterly free to receive everything that God has for you. In my mind, that is the complete and utter truth. So practically, what do we do? Um, Like a survival guide for the proud, I suppose. Um, If you're struggling with pride and you know it, get prayer. Confess it to somebody. Find a friend. Um, Find somebody on the ministry team here. Find um, anybody. Well, maybe not anybody. but, um, But confess what you're doing, what you're going through, what you're facing, and get prayer. Because the sneaky thing about pride is um, that if we try and deal with it ourselves, can you guess probably what we're operating in? Pride. Because we believe that we can deal with it ourselves. We don't need others. We don't really need God. It would be nice to be helped, but we can deal with it. So actually confessing it is an act against pride. Second of all, worship. Worship hard and worship in a way that costs you something because um, worship is is assigning worth, right? We're worth-ship. We're saying to God that you are superior to me, that I am an inferior being dependent on a superior being. And in my experience, that melts God's heart towards us, that any pride that might be there just comes crashing down because of his love. But most important of all, Root yourself in God's love. The antidote to pride, in my experience, isn't beating yourself up or convincing yourself that you're rubbish. Rather, it's a full-blown revelation of God's love for you. Um, Listen to this. In Ephesians 1, verses 3 to 4, it says, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless in his sight. That's amazing. Before you did anything, you were holy, pure, and blameless in God's sight. Before even the world began, you were holy and blameless. Who's to stand against that? If that can go from here to here, I promise you, you will be ruined for anything less. So root yourself in God's love. Um, I can't really put it any better than Tim Keller. 
who says, the Christian gospel is that I am so flawed that Jesus had to die for me, yet I am so loved and valued that Jesus was glad to die for me. This leads to deep humility and deep confidence at the same time. It undermines both swaggering and sniveling. I cannot feel superior to anyone, and yet I have nothing to prove to anyone. I do not think more of myself, nor less of myself. Instead, I think of myself less. It's good. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you want to break every single grain of pride that's in us and that humility is a free gift that you love to give us. Lord Jesus, release your humility in this room. Come against our pride, Lord. If there's anything in us at all, convict us of that and help us to come to you. In Jesus' name, amen.